Hi, and welcome to the Bluff Church Podcast. Each week we bring you the Sunday message from the Bluff Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you like our podcast, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment and leave a review on your favorite listening platforms on iTunes or Google Play. Your review helps other listeners find our podcast. For more information about the Bluff, we invite you to visit our website at thebluff.church or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for the Bluff Church. If you live in the Poplar Bluff area, we invite you to come be a part of the Bluff on any Sunday at 1027 a.m. in the ballroom of the Holiday Inn. Now here's this week's message. Hey, how you doing today? Happy Mother's Day. Um... Rachel and I began a message last week, a sermon series on family, five essential characteristics of a happy family, and uh, we're going to continue on today. Today we're going to be talking about communication, so I guess it's good for us to start off with a big raw noise here. <laughs> hey, I'm curious, uh, how many uh, ladies in here, how many mothers just go, you're so glad that you have a husband in the house who communicates so effectively? <laughs> How come, how come? Oh, there's actually one. You have a communicator in the house. Yeah, so you, you married the, uh, the unicorn. <laughs> oh, man. You know, most couples, most couples believe their spouse is terrible at communicating. Uh, we're not an exception. If you ask Rachel, hey, does Darren communicate well? She'll go, no. Oh, I'm so frustrated. I know. I'm married to a preacher, and I go, how can you never let me know what's going on? Yeah, women are usually upset because their man <laughs> never says what's going on, never expresses his emotions or feelings or thoughts or anything else. And, uh, but but what, what, what our wives don't understand is that we're just as frustrated with your communication. We just don't tell you about it. <laughs> because men are flooded with a ton of needless chatter that doesn't seem helpful at all. <laughs> Just all this information and all, all these words that are put out there that are confusing uh, for, for most men. But God designed men and women differently. He created us male and female. He created us different for a reason. And sometimes when you're um, frustrated with the communication of your spouse, it might just be that they communicate differently. And it's not that they communicate poorly it's that they're communicating differently so it might just help sometimes just to realize that they're different they're a different gender than you are and they might communicate differently yeah, men and women they speak very differently they sure do the reason they speak is different the reason that they they throw words out there is different for men most men believe that speaking should have a clear purpose and and communication is a tool that can help us fix a problem. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas most women, we're using communication to, to discover our feelings or to share our life and, and just to grow closer to someone. If you want to grow a relationship, if you want to be intimate with someone, you're going to talk with them, you're going to communicate, and you're going to share negative feelings, you're going to vent, and um, that's how you're going to solidify your relationships is just by by talking with them. Yeah, the, the amount of speaking is a lot different too. Um, men tend to not speak as much. Uh, men will share details that are needed for the conversation, 
or, or they'll share details that make the conversation most efficient. Whereas women tend to talk a lot more, and sometimes we don't even know that, that it's excessive. Or we, sometimes we don't even know, like right now as I'm talking, sometimes <laughs> I don't even know exactly what information is necessary until I'm sharing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and men and women even respond to someone else's communication differently. So when Rachel's mm -hmm. speaking to me, how I respond is going to be different than how, how a woman would respond. Men tend to listen for something to do. What am I, why is this being shared? If there's nothing to do about it, then I don't understand why you're telling me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And women tend to see communication as an end in and of itself. Sometimes when I'm telling him something, I'm not wanting him to, to fix something. I just want to share with him. And that um, sharing with someone who understands and loves me can provide understanding, can provide healing, and just the support that I need as I'm going through something. Yeah, so, so what we're going to do today is we're going to share three biblical principles or maybe even communication rules for men and three for mm -hmm. women. And we're not going to cover everything. There's a lot you could say about speaking uh, and communication in the home. We're not even going to even talk about that much of how you can listen better. We're going to spend time today just talking about how men can be better communicators in the home and how women can. And so... And these are tools that we, in our relationship, have helped us. These are what... So we're not just speaking to you. We're also reminding each other or reminding <laughs> ourselves as well because these are things we've I don't know what she's learned. talking about. Um, so guidelines for men to help men communicate best. Number one, for men, it's best if we strive to be honest. And, um, and this is very basic, and that might be the point, too. For men, we can have a tendency to, to try to disguise reality to get out of something, to, to make ourselves look better. And when the first rule for communication for all men is to be honest, speak the truth. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really good for every man to spend time in their life pondering Old Testament law. There's a really neat chapter, Numbers chapter 30. And to make a contract, Either with God or with men, a man, all he had to do was say it. That's a contract. Old Testament law. There was no need for a pinky swear. You didn't have to, to make a promise or to sign your name or to give your thumbprint or to, or to talk about your mother's grave. <laughs> all you had to do was say it. And you're in a contract now. Numbers chapter 30, verse 2 says, When a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. This might be one of the most important messages we can hear as men as it relates to talking. Be honest. The words that come out of your mouth need to match reality. If you say you're going to do something, you get it done. If you say you were somewhere, you make sure that's where you were. And you always tell the truth. 
when young boys are becoming men, I don't believe they become men when they meet, reach a magical age. Do you? Does that <laughs> truly make sense? That all of a sudden you're 18, so now you're an adult? Does that really make sense to you? Does it make sense to become a man when you have a certain experience? Well, now that you've shot your first deer, or now that you, whatever it is, now you're a man. Does that make sense? I think, I think maturity is the sign of masculinity. Maturity is. And for men, boys become men when we learn how to tell the truth even when it's hard. And sometimes it is hard. But when men act like men and tell the truth, communication is always better. A wife needs to be able to trust her husband and children need to be able to trust their father. Without that trust, it's very hard for a family to function. You can't function at 100% if you can't trust the, the leader of your family. And, and his words need to match reality. It's like basic, you know, 101 for family communication. And um, I think of so many families that we, we know and have known over the years where, where the father will, will say that he's somewhere when he isn't. And sometimes it's small, small lies about things that shouldn't matter. Sometimes it's big things about how he's spending money or who he's with. And, and you can't trust him in anything if you can't trust him in one thing. I, I like to watch Judge Judy. Does anyone watch Judge Judy? I, um, <laughs> I, I used to watch like every day while I would, you know, fold laundry. That was like my downtime, you know, paperwork time. And I watched Judge Judy because she always says the things that I'm thinking. And I really love that. <laughs> but one thing she's thinking, sometimes people will come in and they'll, they'll lie about one little thing. And then they expect her to trust them about everything else. And she'll say, well, if you come in with dirty hands, you know, I can't believe you about anything. If you come in with dirty hands and you're telling me wrong about this one thing. And I think that's also how it is with, with the family. Once that trust is broken, once, once you have dirty hands, it's very hard to gain that trust back. And it's hard for a family to function. It's hard for wives to trust their husband if there's been an instance where they can't. It's a big deal. Number two, uh, uh, second rule for men to be able to speak better is not only to be honest, but also to speak up, <laughs> to actually share your thoughts and to say what you're thinking. Um, that passage in Numbers chapter 30 is so cool. It really is. It's an Old Testament passage. It doesn't apply today. It's talking about how to make contracts in Old Testament uh, society but, but what's really cool about it is it talks about how to nullify contracts that have been made in a household. And, and in this chapter, it talks about how, how men need to always keep their word. If you say it, it gets done, even if you say it to God, if you say it to others. If you have a young woman living in your home, this is what it says in Numbers chapter 30, and she makes a vow to God or to others and you don't say anything about it, it's like you confirmed it. If you hear about it and you want to override it, you can nullify it. You can override, and not just a young woman, but even a wife. You can override about, oh, you, you made a pledge that you were going to do this thing. I, I, I wave my hand over, that contract is void kind of an interesting Old Testament passage, especially if we apply it on just male communication today. Well, let me read that to you. It's Numbers 30, verse 10 to 12. 
If a woman living with her husband makes a vow or obligates herself by a pledge under oath and her husband hears about it but says nothing to her and does not forbid her, then all her vows or the pledges by which she has obligated herself will stand. But if her husband nullifies them when he hears about them, then none of the vows or pledges that come from her lips will stand. Her husband has nullified them, and the Lord will release her. The, the application being, think how powerful a man's words are, not only when he speaks, but when he didn't speak. Even when he didn't speak, he was speaking volumes. And I think as men that we sometimes will forget that not only will our words produce a result, but the absence of our words produces a result. And men need to learn how to speak up. Um, probably one of the most effective things we've had in our marriage has been some of our times of evaluation. And uh, I started doing this several years ago during the turn of the year. And uh, I would do all the work. I'd get it all ready, and I'd type up like, Here's our three favorite memories from this past year. Here's, uh, here, here's where we think each one of our kids, something they need to work on. Or, or here's where we'd like to go on a trip. Name your, your top three places you'd like to go this coming year. Or, or what are three things you think we need to be working on as a family? And I'd type out all these different questions about our past and our future and our present and our relationship. I'd get with her, we'd, and I'd say, okay, you go by yourself and fill it out. I'll fill it out here, and then we'd get together, and we'd discuss it. And what it is is I was forcing myself, and she's loving it. I hate it, of course. But what it is is it's forcing me to, to give my views and to share my heart and my thoughts about our family, about our relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and, and by doing that and placing myself in a position where I'm trying to be a good leader and I'm trying to say, okay, well, this is, and, and I'm sharing my thoughts, it put both of us on the same page. And, um, and it gave me a happy wife mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah, I very much appreciate when I know that Darren spent time thinking about our family. Last week when we were talking about time, I shared that for myself I tend to, um, I tend to go through cycles and I'll say yes to a lot of things and kind of overload myself and then drop out of too many things. And it's hard for me sometimes to find a balance. And my best times, the times that have been the best for our family, have been times when Darren sat down with me and helped me think through life and to look at the big picture and to think through our time. So I very much appreciate the times that he sits down um, to think about it. I love the evaluations where it just gives us, make sure that we're both on the same page and it makes, um, it makes me feel very loved because he has a lot. I mean, he loves all of you guys and he spends a lot of time thinking about you and praying for you. And he, um, he, he's a minister. That's what he does. And so I, I need to know also that he's thinking about me, that, you know, he's got his work and his, his job, and then he also comes home and thinks about his family and is spending time um, thinking about us as well. It's also easier for me to support him. If I know his goals or what we as a family are trying to accomplish, it helps me know my tasks as well and how, what I can do to help him achieve that. Yeah. And number three for men, if there's a key rule, is be gentle. Be gentle. Men need to be careful how they treat their family. Men can be extremely harsh with their words. Um, we grow up making fun of our friends and their mother. 
<laughs> we're, we're very mean with our words, aren't we? In fact, what, men will use our words to get what we want. We'll use the tone of our voice to get what we want. And we can overpower someone who might be more frail. Someone that we're supposed to be protecting. And we can use our words in an inappropriate way. Every family member deserves to have a gentle man in the house. Every child deserves the warmth of a gentle man, and every wife deserves one as well. It's hard to be gentle, but that's what we're called to be as men. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. And treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I have a cell phone that can put different ringtones on uh, for different people. My brother's ringtone is Darth Vader's music. (laughs) And my father, it starts playing Bad to the Bone my wife's song my wife's song is one i was i was looking through and i was trying to find something that would put me in a gentle happy mood <laughs> so that whenever she calls i would answer and I'd go okay whatever whatever i'm doing here whatever tone i have whatever buddy okay but this is my wife and i want to treat my wife with some gentleness and some care it's probably a shock to you all but darren is rather dramatic and um, I know, surprise, surprise, right? But he sometimes it, it, it comes across to me as anger when he's being dramatic and big about something. Oh. And it kind of can crush me. It can kind of break my heart. And, you know, I, I shut up about something and fine, 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 and go away um, be, because he's being overpowering. So it's much, much better for my heart when he's being patient and sweet with me, when he's slowing down and treating me like, like a daughter of God. So treat your wives, treat the women in your life like a flower. Be gentle with them, men, because you are, you can be big and strong and tough, and sometimes it's too much. Um, So treat her like, it it talks about um, living with your wives as the weaker partner, the physically weaker partner, and as someone to protect. It's not someone to overpower, but someone to to lift up. Yeah, and so that's the uh, the basic rules for men that Rachel and I said, you know, if, Mm -hmm. if, if you're honest and speak up and you're gentle, that's, that's probably one of the best shots you have of mm-hmm. having good communication in your home. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so for women, we, we have three um, just tips, I guess, to suggestions <laughs> as well. And the first one is don't quarrel or don't nag, whichever, whichever way you tend to go with it. It, it can kind of be the same thing. Um, the book of Proverbs, if you ever read through Proverbs, it talks about... Um, quarrelsome women over and over, and it talks about this, and it's, it's too important just to list one. It keeps going over it. And um, like Proverbs 19.13 says, a foolish child is a father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like the constant dripping of a leaky roof. 
And it's not like this huge major, you know, issue. It's not like this loud thing. It's just like this little annoying thing. Chinese torture. <laughs> that just And that's what a quarrelsome, a nagging wife can be. Proverbs 21.9 is actually the exact same as Proverbs 25.24. I guess Solomon really had it in his head, so he put it twice. <laughs> but it says, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. <laughs> Better to have your, your couple square feet away from everyone than to live with her. Proverbs 27, 15 and 16 says, A quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. <laughs> so don't be a quarrelsome wife. And, and when we think of quarrelsome, we're thinking, um, especially in this instant, as um, as you're arguing with someone who's on your side. When I didn't marry Darren so that I could have an enemy living with me. We're supposed to be allies. We're supposed to be teammates. And so if I'm quarreling with him, I, I'm, I'm tearing down someone who's on my team, who's, who's supposed to be for me. And so why spend time arguing with your ally? And, and quarreling also usually means that it's um, arguing about something trivial. Usually when we think quarreling, we're not thinking of the big, deep arguments. We're thinking that he left wet towels on the floor of the bathroom again after he showered. How hard is it to hang up your stupid towel? Things like that. You know, he didn't take out the trash. He didn't, you know, whatever it is that he's supposed to do. He didn't put his plate back on the counter after he ate. It's usually small, trivial things. Yeah. And with this comes a simple warning for all women here. Do your best not to nag. <laughs> do your best not to command. Um, men are not typically thought of or accused of being nagged. We never think about being nagged by a father or a husband. We think about being nagged by a mother or a wife. And the way God designed men and women just made it to where it doesn't work out when a wife gives a command to her husband. Even if it's subtle, it just doesn't seem to work. Rachel could say, hey, you need to remember to take out the trash, and I'll be frustrated. Well, I know I'll remember to take out the trash. I wasn't going to remember. I needed the reminder, <laughs> but I don't want her telling me what to do. <laughs> and it's something that's ingrained in not just me, in every man. We don't want the command. We don't want to receive direction from her. So it becomes an art then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not that you don't have the conversation, but don't quarrel about it. Don't be nagging about it. There's other ways to reach the, yeah. the conversation. Um, our second tip then would also be to speak simply. And my husband is a brilliant man, man generally, <laughs> but men often struggle to keep up with women's thoughts. Uh, men just don't use as many words as we do, and they don't process as many words as quickly as we do. And using fewer words is always going to help when speaking to men. I Often I have a point over here, and I'm going to get there eventually, but I have this story that I want to tell to get to the point. So I'll, I'll try to <laughs> illustrate this. Let's see if a man can pull it off. So, uh, hey, Darren. This Saturday, 
um, for Nadon's party, I was thinking, you know his friend Tommy, not the Tommy that wears the yellow shirt, but the Tommy we met that one time we went to your mother's house and we saw the stuff in the gutter? Well, he likes to play with drones now, and I've seen this coupon with this new drone that was over here at Walmart. They're not as expensive as they used to be. You can even save money now whenever you think of it. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to get there, okay? Just say, go get the drone. I mean, why are you... What in the world? There's all this information. It's hard to grab it. And it's hard for me. There are times when she'll share something with me, and when she's done, I'll look at her. I don't know what I was supposed to do with that. Is that a question? Is that, I don't know. Yeah, we communicate differently. And sometimes I'm talking, and I just see his eyes glaze over. Like, okay, I'm, like, let's start over now. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 19 says, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. And it's just kind of a reminder for us ladies that usually if you'll cut the number of words in half, and then maybe even a little bit farther, that, um, that it's probably better for his brain. So slow down and say what's most important. Now, just, I know we're not talking about listening, but guys, I just want to say sometimes she just needs to talk and that's okay. Just let her talk. You know, women, sometimes we just have to do it. And, and you're our friend, you're our, you're our husband, we got to tell you. But, but women, if there's something that you really need him to know or something that you're asking him, just bear in mind that, that using more words is not helpful. Using fewer concise words is helpful. He used to tell me about his mother leaving him like a list of what to do for the day. And she would just under like, like go to the store and pick up milk. And she would just underline certain words so that he could just look at those words and, and get it. And we just need to remember that. Speak simply. And um, our third point then for women is to be respectful. Husbands want respect. They've, they've asked men, like, would you rather have love or would you rather have respect if there's only one that you could have? And men will always rank respect higher. Not that they don't want to be loved, but respect to them is that much greater on the scale. And they want to be the hero. They want to swoop in and save the day. And so when we show them a lack of respect, we're, it's worse than hating them. It's worse than showing them a lack of love where, um, when we don't respect them. Um, Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. That's Romans 12.10. And it's just um, to put your husband, not just honor other brothers and sisters in Christ above yourself, but honor your husband above yourself as well. So to show him respect, you can be grateful when he does something for you. Instead of rolling your eyes because he did it wrong, be grateful for what he did. Value his opinion. Sometimes his opinion is wrong. That's okay. You can value it anyway. <laughs> I can still be respectful as I listen to him. And I can allow him to offer direction for the family and for me. I, I am a control person. I like to have all my ducks in a row, and I like to be the one doing it. But the more that I let him offer direction, it's actually, as I said earlier, it's actually been really healthy for us. And it shows him respect as well when I show that I care about his opinion and that I'm going to try to implement it in my life because he does care for me. And um, one thing that we, when we first got married, we decided to do this, and it's been wonderful, is we decided to speak well of each other and especially behind each other's back. So we tease each other, I'll even tease about him, but I'm not going to be telling you bad things about my husband, and especially behind his back, because that all that does is bring our relationship down. It doesn't do good for anybody to do that. I always speak well of him. And I'm going to share a story that not everyone might get, 
but I want you just to consider the day I truly fell in love with Rachel. Years ago, I'm in Joplin, Missouri, and I was driving her to a Java house. That was the name of it, the Java house. And I had never been there before. It's just her and I were in the truck. I was driving around, and I thought I passed it, so I pulled around. I said, I think it's over this way. And I turned around and went that way. I went, no, this is before GPS. It's before cell phones. Turned around. I tried the other way. I went, like, drove around lost for, like, 20 minutes. And I finally pulled over, and I went, look, why don't I just go back to the college, and I'll ask someone directions. And she said, okay. So I pulled around, I'm heading back to the college, and as I'm driving, my wife goes, not my wife yet, Rachel said, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. I said, what's that? She went, well, I have been to the Java house before, and I know where it is if you'd like for me to show you. I was stunned. <laughs> it's like, you know where it is? She's like, yes. You, you know how to get there? Why didn't you say anything? She said, well, I was just going to let you. I didn't know if it was my place. It's like, what? That's crazy. We, she showed me where the job house was. She knew right where it was. That night, I was leaning about. I couldn't get that out of my head. I thought, she'll let me go anywhere I want. I can always be the hero. I can always look like I'm in charge. There was something so attractive about a wife that was going to let me lead. And I know that that story, there's some in here that just might go, that's stupid. Hey, you think that's stupid? I loved it. I just want to tell you it's true. This is true. Wives that are respectful are beautiful. They're so attractive because men, I never grew up as a boy pretending to be saved. Never. I always saved the day. I never pretended to be an athlete and I bunted. <laughs> I hit the home run. I made the shot. I wanted to be the hero. And now I find someone who's willing to show me respect and let me be that hero, and it's great. And so for men, being honest, speaking up, for women, for women, it's, my brain went. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not quarreling. Don't quarrel. <laughs> Speak simply and be respectful. Um, today is Mother's Day. And I tell you, even though we have a lot of communication problems with having men and women in the household, I believe every single person ought to be grateful to be given a mother. And if you have a mother who's in the room, when Rachel and I, when we offer our time of response right now, I'd like for you to just go to her and hug her and pray over her. If your mama's here, just say a prayer for her. If she's not, you can text her while we're having the time of response. <laughs> Send her a message. And let's be gentle and love and show appreciation to the people that God has placed in our lives.
I'm so thankful for Rachel. And I imagine I'm not the only man in here that's thankful for the people that God has around them, around you. And so I just ask you to spend time right now praying for those around you that you love deeply. Uh, let's, let's pray as we get started. Lord, I just want to thank you for Rachel and what she's meant to me. Um, she has taught me so much. And we've been through so much together. We have been through life and death. We've been through moves, transitions, and, uh, and you've allowed us not only to mourn with each other, but to truly celebrate with each other. And, and I thank you for, for the fact that she's always lifted me up. Thank you for giving me a partner who's been patient with me when I've failed who's forgiven me whenever I was in the wrong. And Lord, I just pray right now that we will offer grace to those around us. Teach us, Lord, how to be patient, how to be kind, and how to lift up the family that you've provided. And Lord, we take a special moment on this Mother's Day just to thank you for our mothers in your son's name that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand together.